Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is Reaching Out Radio. And this is your sister, Pearl. I was waiting for the music to come on, but perhaps it's not coming on tonight. Um, just want to greet you in the name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name that is. There is no other name like it in all of creation. There's no other name like that name in all of heaven and earth. There's no other name like the name of Jesus in all the universe. That name is so very special. And so I want to welcome all of our listening audience tonight to In the Word with Sister Pearl on Sunday night. God bless you so richly. Tonight we're going to talk about Jesus being the great I am. And before we get into our program, uh, I just want to give a shout out to some of the many nations that we have listening on this radio program. Let me go ahead and, and name you by name because you are quite a number of nations, and I want to thank God for you. Um, Not only do we have all of the 50 states listening in, but um, we have so many other nations as well. And so we're so grateful to God for you, and just bless God, bless God for um, strengthening our listening audience and widening our outreach Praise God. I want to give a shout out to our evangelist Montel Fields, the visionary behind Reaching Out Radio, the woman of God that has um, the desire in her heart to spread the gospel to the outermost parts of the earth. So we just pray for continual blessings from the Lord for this radio program, Reaching Out Radio. And again tonight, we want to welcome Germany, Taiwan, Panama, Switzerland, China. Russia, Brazil, New Zealand, Japan, Australia, Africa, and so many nations within Africa, Papua New Guinea, Malaysia, Colombia, Norway, Sweden, the United Kingdom. And we know that in the United Kingdom, we have not only the great country of England, but we have Wales and Ireland and Scotland Welcome India, the great big country of India as well, France, Canada, our next-door neighbors to the north, Mexico, our neighbors to the south, Austria, Saudi Arabia, Thailand, the Philippines, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, and also the Bahamas. So we thank God for all, all, all of these wonderful nations And if for some reason that your country was not mentioned, would you be so kind to um, write us on our web on blogtalkradio.com forward slash um, Fields Family Ministry. And please go ahead and let us know that your country was not listed. We want to be able to mention your country as well. I want to thank God for you so much. So before we go on, I would like to just open up this time in prayer. Uh, We do miss our regular song coming on, but that's quite all right. Uh, We know that the Lord is with us, and that's the main thing. So let's just 
bow our heads in a word of prayer and invite the Holy Spirit to come and have his way and lead and guide us for this next hour or so. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we just bless you. We thank you. We worship and we adore you. Thank you that there is no one like you in all of the earth, in all of creation. There's no one like you. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you're so caring and you're so great. And you're so awesome. You have a great plan and a destiny for each man and woman that's listening to this radio broadcast, for each young boy and each girl, each teenager, each young person, each elderly person. You're not finished with any one of us, but you have great plans. And so we want to align ourselves with your plan. We want to align ourselves with that that you have purposed for our life. We do not want to miss out on all the great things that you have for us. Your word says that before we were even created in our mother's womb, even then you knew us and you knew all about us. And you have plans to bless and not to curse, plans to prosper and not to bring us demise. So, Father, we want to line up with your holy plans for us. And we pray that you would breathe upon your handmaiden tonight. We know that your word is already anointed. It is so powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. On one side, it might cut us where we need an operation, where we need something that's poisonous to be removed from us, from our body, from our spirit, from our mind, from our heart. But on the other side, it brings tremendous healing and restoration, and it, it, it binds up our sorrows. So, Father God, we ask you to come by your Holy Spirit, touch our hearts, touch our minds, open up our minds and our understanding, give us the mind of Christ, that we can perceive what it is that you want to say to us tonight. Thank you for this wonderful theme that you've given us, that you are the great I am that I am. And so, Lord God, we want to be able to understand you just a little bit better than we do right now. We know that as long as we remain in our flesh, we will never fully comprehend all the vastness, all the wisdom of God. There is no one person who could understand all that you are because you're so high and you're so deep and you're so wide. But, Father, your desire is to take us from glory to glory. So even though we know that we will never fully grasp on this side of glory all that you are, you can teach us and you can help us to know a little bit more than we do right now. So, Lord, I just pray that you do that. Honor this prayer, I pray. Have mercy on us and illuminate our minds and our hearts to understand a little bit more clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. So I heard a tremendous word that was preached today. Actually, it was preached by my own godson. I feel so blessed of the Lord to have been able to hear him. His name is uh, Pastor Elliot Morales. And he and his wife, Crystal, and their beautiful little 16-month-old baby were uh, there with us today at the church where I attend, Florida Manor church in the Bronx, and what a blessing it was to hear the word come forth in such great clarity and in such power, and we thank God that he taught us about the church of God and the purpose of the church, and even in that message, he brought out something that I was going to bring out in tonight's message, 
the importance of understanding Jesus and getting a clear picture of who Jesus is. Because people often talk about God this and God that, and they'll say, yes, I believe in God. But at the end of the day, concept of God can be very different from the God of the Bible, can be completely amiss. It can be something that they totally make up on their own, and then they label it God. And you even hear people in our society saying, well, my God is like this, or my God would never do that, or my God would never send anybody to hell, or my God would love anybody and everybody, no matter what they do, no matter how evil they are, God still loves them. Hmm. We have to understand that God, the real God, is a God of his word. And he actually says in the word of God, I believe it's Psalm 138, verse 2. I'm going to actually look it up right now. He actually says that he honors his word above his name. Wow. I want to say that again. God honors his word even more and over than his name. Very serious. That means, and I did give you the right verse. I just checked it online. That he has magnified his word even above his name. And we know that his name is holy. We know that his name is righteous. We know that his name is powerful. We know that his name is higher than any other name that can be named in heaven or under the heavens. But he said in Psalm 138, verse 2, and I'm going to read you the exact verse from the King James Version, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Then it says, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So as holy and as awesome and as wonderful and as high and as precious as the name of God, who we hollow that holy name, he said that he, being God Almighty, has magnified his word even above his name. So that means that you and I should honor his name in the same capacity, in the same way. We can in no means cheapen the word of God. We cannot throw out pieces of the word of God that we don't like and then introduce our own thinking. I'll give you a good example of that. The word of God says, and we're going to say this again later on tonight when we get to that verse, but I want to bring it up right now because it really hits home and it makes sense in what I'm saying. A very famous celebrity by the name of Oprah Winfrey, she goes contrary to what the word of God says. God says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father by Oprah Winfrey goes against what God says in his word. And she says, there are many ways that lead to God. And you can go any different way that you choose. Well, these are two very different contrasting 
ideologies. You have God's word on one side, and you have Oprah Winfrey's word on the other side. She says something that is very attractive to flesh and to the human thinking, the fleshly way of thinking, that you and I can go any way that we so choose to get to God. And whatever way we desire to get to God, whatever path we choose to get to God, whatever way to God, it's all good, all the same, and it will all lead to God. The Word of God says in John chapter 14 and verse 6, something very different from what Oprah Winfrey says. God's Word says, I repeat, and these are the words of Jesus Christ himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So it, it is up to the, the listener to decide whose report are you going to believe. Are you going to believe Oprah Winfrey's report, or are you going to believe the report of the Lord? Remember, God said of his own word that he magnifies his word even above his name. And why I brought up about my godson today is when he was preaching the word of God, he said this, and I, I want to say the exact same thing, and believe it or not, he doesn't know that I say this all the time, but I do. And a lot of other preachers say this, what I'm going to say right now. That in these days that you and I live in, a lot of people find it very attractive to talk about God. But they don't find it attractive to talk about Jesus. See, because when you talk about God, your concept of God can be very different from my concept. And very different, both of us could have very different concepts from the word of God. But now when you talk about Jesus, Specifically, Jesus, Jesus of the Bible, not some bar Jesus or some Jesus that somebody makes up in their own, you know, mind, some fictitious Jesus. But when we talk about Jesus of Matthew, Jesus of full of Mark, Jesus of the gospel of Luke, and Jesus of the gospel according to the apostle John, that's very specific. He no longer is somebody that you can just dream up on your own and then label that person Jesus. But when you talk about Jesus of the Bible, then you're talking about a very real person who has a very real character, who has a distinct personality, who said some real things, said in a very real way, and then is very real. And again, as you've been listening to me for the past uh, several lessons as we've been going through the Gospels and studying the Gospels, the Gospel of John stands apart, even though it is not contradictory, but it is unique. It is not like the other Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, which is the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They talk a lot and tell us about what Jesus said and what Jesus did. But the gospel, according to John, tells us to believe in Jesus and tells us actually who he is. 
And tonight I want to talk about who he is. He is the great I am that I am. And he has always been God. He was not just God when he was born of the Virgin Mary. But he was God way before he was born of the Virgin Mary. And that's how come believers in the word of God, Christians I should say, we never say that Mary is the mother of God. Because she did not birth God. God was always God before he came to be known as Jesus. He was the one who put this world in existence. He was the one that was in the time of Genesis. And before there was Genesis, he was God. Before Mary was ever created, he was God. And so that's how come Christians do not call Mary the mother of God, but we say that she was the mother of Jesus because God used her to birth Jesus. But God was always God before Jesus came to planet Earth. Please remember this, and we'll go over that again at another time. But let me just get to what my Godson was saying so eloquently today, and I want to emphasize on this, and I want to piggyback on this. For us to really understand who God is, we've got to understand who Jesus is. Jesus allowed us to see who God is. Jesus allows us to see who God is. Amen. And so let's go now and study about Jesus being the great I am that I am. Amen. Jesus is the great I am. I'm so glad about it. And he was always the great I am. Let's just look back before we study in the Gospel of John. We're going to go to the second book of the Old Testament. We're going to go to Exodus. I love the book of Exodus because it talks about the children of Israel, God bringing them out of captivity, God bringing them out of slavery. And so Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 to 15, Moses said to God, when God was commanding him to go and speak to the Pharaoh and even go to speak to his own nation, the Hebrew children. Because don't forget, Moses was not raised with his brothers. He was raised in Egypt. He was raised in Pharaoh's house because God had a divine plan for this man named Moses. So he was raised in royalty, even though he was an Israelite. He was one of the Hebrew children, but he was raised in the Egyptian royalty. And so now when God gives him the command to go and talk to the Hebrew people and let them know that I sent you to be a deliverer to them, to help them come out of captivity, I'm going to use you to bring them out of slavery. Moses said to God in Exodus 3, verses 13 to 15, he said, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And then they ask me, what is his name? And then what shall I tell them? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So in other words, 
God told Moses to say that I am, meaning I am God, has sent you, Moses, to the children of Israel. Then in verse 15, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. So you see, even in the Old Testament, God calls himself, I am. And he tells Moses to tell the people of Israel, tell them when they ask you who sends you, tell them that I am who I am has sent you to them. Wow. So God is I am. But what does I am really mean? I believe, and I am not a, I don't profess to be a biblical scholar, but over the many years, over the last, over 40 years where I've been studying the word of God, for well over 40 years, I believe that when he says, I am sent you, he is saying, I am that I am, and without me, there is nothing. Without me being involved, there's nothing good. And I am also everything that you need for life and prosperity. I am everything that you need to succeed in life. And if you don't have me, you will never fully succeed because I am that I am. And if you don't have I am, you don't have anything. Wow. And now you might ask me, well, what does that have to do with Jesus? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> let's, let's, took, let's take a real good look at the Gospel of John because actually in the Gospel of John, very different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you actually have seven, seven I am's all speaking of Jesus Christ. And so we understand that this same Jesus in the New Testament is the same God that was in the Old Testament. And he says in John 6, verse 35, first he said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me should never hunger. Wow. I am the bread of of life. Do you remember when Jesus taught the disciples? The disciples actually first came to Jesus and they said, teach us to pray, Master. And then Jesus began to teach the disciples to pray. And in that prayer, a part of the Lord's prayer, he said, and give us this day our daily bread. Well, not only was he talking about the physical bread that we need for physical sustenance. And even if you don't eat wheat and you don't eat bread, it's talking about whatever staple that you eat to keep you, help to keep you alive and well physically, that's what he's talking about. He said, give us this day our daily bread, meaning give us today what we need in order to live 
and in order to succeed. But he went on to say more than that. In John chapter 6, verse 35, he actually said who the bread is. He said, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me shall never hunger. What does the Bible say about bread, actually? I'm not going to go into full teaching on bread, but let me just give you a little bit of an understanding, just a little bit. There are at least seven words referencing bread in the Hebrew language. And about three Greek words in the New Testament referring to bread. Bread is mentioned at least 492 times in the original languages of the Bible. So it's easy to see how important this particular food or staple is to everyday life, especially in biblical times. I know that in 2018, when this is being broadcasted, a lot of people are not eating bread. But in biblical times, that was a, a, a clear staple, what most in and near Israel were eating. Bread was a part of the basic diet that included also vegetables, fruit, olives, and cheese. Meat and fish were seldom eaten. Herded animals were needed for work and producing milk, except for special occasions when we would see, like in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 7, when Abraham had the calf prepared to feed his angelic visitors. Or in keeping one of God's holy feast days, as in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1, like the Passover meal that was first introduced to the people of Israel. And then again in Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 26, etc., we, we see that the wealthy were, were eating meat. And even in, in 1 Kings 4 and 23, King Solomon's daily provision included a, a, a large portion of meat. But for the regular man, the regular Joe, the regular Sally, the regular household, meat was not a typical staple. It was bread. It was the bread. This staple of life was usually composed of just simple ingredients like flour, water, and salt. And usually it was either a barley flour for the really poor or wheat flour for the ones that were a little bit more uh, better off financially. Olive oil was sometimes added to it, um, especially when they were worshiping God. Amen? And sometimes it was leavened, meaning that um, it, there was yeast added to it. And, of course, then there were times when it was unleavened. There was no yeast at all. So Jesus had also included bread when he fed so many thousands and thousands of people. Jesus had just fed several thousands of people with only a few loaves of bread. The Bible talks about the five barley loaves and two fishes. And yet, when Jesus blessed small amounts of food, it was able to feed several thousand people. Several thousand. Remember that also in the Old Testament, God gave their ancestors manna which was bread, tasted like wafer, a little, a little wafer, while they wandered in the desert, and so they wouldn't die. God just sovereignly allowed the manna to fall from heaven. See, because, again, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So I can send it down from heaven, as I did in the Old Testament time. Uh, I can provide for you if you're hungry physically and you need 
something to eat. You just need to ask me, and I will provide for you. I can't tell you about how many stories, so many of God's people around the world that maybe did not have food to eat, and yet they prayed, and God sovereignly, supernaturally supplied for them. But not only does he supply in the physical, but you and I, as people that follow God, if you know the Lord, he is our bread, and we need to partake of him every day, partake of his word, partake of his word, digest his word, eat his word, let the word um, go down in our bellies, as it were, our spiritual bellies. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is the bread of life. Give us this day our daily bread. He is the one who sustains us. We cannot live without Jesus. Bottom line, we need Jesus in order to live. We need Jesus to just do more than just merely exist and merely survive. We need Jesus in our lives to live. This is how come you find that there are even some rich people with lots of money, lots of food in the cupboard, in the refrigerator, plenty for themselves and to give to others, and yet they wind up taking their lives, many of these people. Why? Because they're not feeding on the true source of life And that is Jesus. Jesus said, I repeat, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Wow. I want to just take take a little break right here. I want to see if I can look up while we're on the radio and see if we can read a little bit more from John chapter 6 when he says, I am the bread of life. I am that bread of heaven. John 6 and verse 35. But I want to read a little bit more just to give you some background. Let's let's look at um, what was really going on in John chapter 6. The word of God tells us in John chapter 6, verse 28, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he had sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign um, are you going to show us that we may see and believe you so that we can work? And then they said, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. But then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you that bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven. There it is, verse 33. For the bread of God is he comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Now Jesus is clearly talking about himself. Then said he unto them, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Then said they unto him, I'm sorry. Then said the crowd unto Jesus, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Jesus said unto them in verse 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Wow. 
There it is. I want to repeat that one more time. Verse 33, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So clearly, when Jesus said in verse 35, am the bread of life, he is talking about himself. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Wow. This is God. So, again, we're talking about who is the great I am? God. God is the I am that I am. And who is God? Jesus, come down to the earth, is how we know who God really is. Jesus is the revelation of God come to the earth. Wow. So, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So when God told Moses back in Exodus chapter 3, when Moses asked God, well, who shall I say to the people has sent me? God said, tell them that I am that I am has sent you. And who is I am that I am? Jesus is I am that I am. Jesus is also I am the light of the world. One of the great things the world and worldliness and living apart from God is that you're in darkness. Anybody that's living apart from Jesus Christ is living in darkness. Yes, you may be able to see the sun, thank God, if you're not blind physically. You can see the sunlight, praise God, and you can walk and and you can know where you're going in the natural. But in the supernatural, you're living in darkness. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Scientists say they do not know what light is. We know the effects of the sun, but we don't exactly know all about it. We know that no plant or animal of human life on this earth can live without light. God put the sun a precise distance from the earth. If the sun were a few kilometers closer to us, we would all be burned up. If it were farther from us, we would all freeze to death. And what the sun is to the earth, Jesus Christ is to the human heart. So Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen. A lot of people are living in 2018 and in the 21st century in Abject darkness, totally confused. Some men now don't even know that they're men. Some women now don't even know that they're women. And they're guessing, who am I? I'm not really sure. I don't know who I am. You and I will live in darkness if we don't have the light of Jesus. It is very easy for us to live in darkness. It is very easy for us to live confused. It is very easy for us to go astray and lose our way. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So apart from Jesus, how do we really think that we're going to live in light? 
No wonder people are confused. No wonder people really don't know, you know, what they're doing, where they're going, if they don't have Jesus. And I don't have Jesus. It's not because you're stupid. It's because you don't have the right person to help you. And the right person is Jesus. It's as simple as that. Jesus gives you light. Outside of Jesus, you will be in darkness. You will be in utter darkness. Jesus said, the whole verse says like this. Jesus spake to the people and says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not in darkness, but have the light of life. Apart from Jesus, we walk in darkness. Apart from Jesus, you know, we, you know, get a little bit of understanding, but not the full understanding if we don't have Jesus. Sorry. We can try to live a good life, but that's not what's going to get us to heaven, living a good life. That's not what it takes. That's not what God requires. What he's requiring is for us to have the blood of his son Jesus cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And what is unrighteousness? Anything in our lives that would separate us and keep us apart from him. And so without his light, we do live in, in abstract darkness. We think we know something, but a lot of times we're mistaken and we don't know the right way. We don't know the right way. The other I am that he says in John chapter 10 and verse 9 is I am the door. Wow. In life, we're always looking, where do I go? Who do I turn to? I don't know which way to go. I don't know where I should move. I don't know who I should marry. I don't know which school I should go to. I don't know whose advice I should follow. Well, Jesus said, I am the door. I want to read to you just a little bit more. Let's start out with John chapter 10. Most assuredly, I say to you, this is John 10, verse 1, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spake to them. Then he said in verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, verse 9 of John 10. 
If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they might have it more abundantly. So Jesus said, I am the door. Some other translations read it like this. I am the gate. The gate gives us entrance into the courtyard. But I like this translation that says, I am the door. Because the door actually opens up to that house. You can get through the gate and not necessarily get through the, the door of the house. But I am the door. Wow. I am the door. And then he says it like this. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So in other words, person, the man, the woman, the older person, the younger person, the team that tries to get to God another way, or even if they're not trying to get to God, but they're trying to fill the emptiness inside of them by filling their lives with a lot of things, trying to do a lot of things, whether it's entertainment, trying to get all the entertainment they possibly can get, go to every movie, go to every sports game that they financially are able to go to and attend, trying to eat all the nice food that they can and go to as many restaurants as they can, hoping to fill a need, try to drink as much wine as they can, or maybe they drink harder um, alcoholic beverage as much nice cocktails, and I say that in quotations, nice, quote, unquote, meaning that sometimes it's not nice because it might wind them up to become drunk, and the next thing they might be out of their mind, and the next thing bad things may happen. But, you know, they they try to get spirit, you know, because on, on some of these alcoholic bottles it says that 80% spirit 86% spirit. So they try to get whatever they can to fill an emptiness inside of them. And they're trying all kinds of things to make themselves feel satisfied, to make themselves feel comfortable, to make themselves feel fulfilled. But if they're doing it without coming through the door, they're always going to be lacking. Why? Jesus said. And this is, again, this is what set Jesus apart from every other claim to be able to lead people to the truth. This is what sets Jesus apart. I'm going to say it from Buddha. 
This is what sets Jesus apart from the Dalai Lama. This is what sets Jesus apart from any Hindu God, and there's thousands of them. This is what sets him apart from Allah, every other person claiming to be a religious leader, because Jesus said, I am the door. You don't enter by me. You're not going to make it. He said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, and he didn't say, I am a door, mind you. And he didn't say, I am a light. And he didn't say, I am a piece of bread. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. Not a light, not one of many lights leading to the truth. He said, I am the light. Now he's saying, I am the door. Now that's making a very big claim. Am the door, not a door. And he says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Now look what he said before. In verse 2, I repeat, he said, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Just like a natural shepherd that leads natural sheep or, or shepherdess. But then he says in verse 4, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. He said, now look what he says again in verse 7. Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Then he says, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. The sheep did not hear them. Wow. Wow. I believe we're not going to be able to complete in tonight's uh, message about Jesus being the great I am, that I am. We're not going to be able to complete all of this. We may... Let's just see how far we can go. Because I really want us to understand as much as I understand and as much as I'm praying by the Spirit of the living God to introduce you and help you to understand how important Jesus is. So important. Only in the Gospels that we, we really get a, a, a real, I mean, yes, Jesus is spoken of in the epistles. Jesus is spoken up really from Genesis to Revelation. But I tell you, the Gospels really emphasize on who Jesus is, and specifically the Gospel of John. Like I said, and I'm going to repeat it again, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic Gospels, they tell us what he did and what he said. 
But then John tells us very clearly who he is. Not just what he said and what he did, but who he is. Who he is. And he is the great I am that I am. And he tells us that we need to believe in this Jesus. Because in believing in him, we have life and that everlasting. Amen. So let's go over the first three that we did tonight. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Wow. I am that bread of life. That is so heavy. I am the bread of life. Love that. I'm the one who gives you your sustenance. I'm the staple. I'm the mainstay of your life. That's me. Eat of me. Make sure that you are a part of who I am. Make sure that you're digesting. It doesn't mean that we're cannibals and we're physically eating Jesus. First of all, Jesus is no longer living on planet Earth. He has ascended to his heavenly Father, and he is living now in heaven. He is not walking the Earth. And let me just clarify something very very, very clear. I believe the Spirit of God would have me to say this, especially for you that are listening in China, you that are listening in Taiwan, you that are listening in America or Canada or even Australia or even parts of Europe and even South America, and you have been somehow told an untruth by a group that's known by the name of Eastern Lightning. Eastern Lightning. They've recently switched from calling themselves from the original name Eastern Lightning, and now they're, they're calling themselves Church of Almighty God. This is a cult, and I want to expose it right now. This is not teaching the true word of God. Eastern lightning does not teach the true word of God. What they teach is a false doctrine, and they're teaching the people that Jesus Christ has returned and is now living as a woman in an undisclosed location in mainland China. This is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus has not returned the second time yet. He is not returning as a woman, and he is not living in mainland China. The Bible tells us that when he returns the second time, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Turn the second time. Read your Bibles, people. Read your Bibles. If Jesus had returned a second time, the whole world would have known it. This is a false teaching 
It is a cult. It is not true. It is deception. And the Bible tells us that in the last days, there would be false Christ. Let me see if I can get you that scripture. Let me see if I can read it. That has just set somebody free that's listening to this Reaching Out radio program in the Word with Sister Pearl tonight. That just set somebody free. Jesus has not returned as a woman. He has not returned to planet Earth yet, period. Amen. He has not returned yet. All right, so let's just, you know, tell the truth and expose the devil. Eastern lightning is a false cult, like many false cults. All right, so the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 24, the signs of the times and the end of the age. And in verse 4, well, let's read verse 3. The disciples asked, they came to Jesus privately and they said to him in verse 3, Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered them in verse 4 and said, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Eastern lightning is a part of this. They're part of the deceivers. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. For there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. And these are all the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. We've seen a lot of this even recently. This has been going on since the time of the apostles, when the believers in different pockets have been martyred for the gospel of the kingdom of God. We've seen it even last year, many people, Christians, being knelt down, and ISIS with the knife at the believer's neck, ready to cut off their heads, telling them to, deny Jesus and live, but these were not willing to deny Jesus. So remember again that cults like Eastern Lightning and Church of the Almighty God, these are cults. These are not preaching the truth. This is a part of what Jesus himself said, that in the last days many will come and they will deceive many people. Take heed that, they, that no one deceives you. That's the words of Jesus. They'll come in my name saying, I am the Christ. Jesus is not coming back as a female. The devil is a liar. Jesus is not coming back as a female. Do you hear me? He's coming back as the risen king, not the risen queen. Do not believe false doctrine. I is going to know when Jesus returns. Amen. It's not going to be some secret that people have to come and, and get you, you know, pull you aside and tell you some, some revelation. That's deception. That is cultish. That is not of God. 
And in Reaching Out Radio, we're here to proclaim the truth of the gospel. We're not here to, to cuddle and coddle and play with people's souls. We want you to be eternally saved and live with Jesus forever. And it's only by believing on the truth. So we, we covered three I am's tonight. And there's so much more we can say. I would challenge you to go to a Bible-believing church and study the truth of God in a church that teaches the word of God and they honor the word of God. They honor Jesus. Encourage you to go to a, a biblical, biblically-based church that sound has sound doctrine and let them teach you more fully the ways of God. But we just touched on three of the I am's. I am the bread of life, Jesus said. And that's found in the gospel. Amen. The gospel according to John. John chapter 6, verse 35. And then he said again, I am the light of the world. You don't have to walk in darkness, people. You don't have to walk confused. You can walk in the light. And the light is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the door. You don't know which way to go. Go through Jesus. He's the only way. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we covered, at least we touched on three of the I am's in the Gospel of John. I am the bread of heaven. I am the light of the world. I am the door. Lord willing, bring us back together next Sunday night in Jesus' name and help us to cover the other four in Jesus' name of what you said I am. We love you. We worship you. We ask you, Father, to draw all men and women unto yourselves, unto the Father, unto the Son, unto the Holy Spirit. Draw us unto the one and true God in the person of the Lord Jesus. Oh, God, keep us in the truth. Keep us away from lies and deception. I bless the people, and I ask them to make them a blessing around this globe, help them to live for you and not compromise. Until next time, this is your sister Pearl reaching out radio. God bless you and continue to be a blessing. Remember, Jesus is the great I am that I am. Bye-bye.